the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Up next on Way of Grace. What the Pharisees say is, if you don't know the scriptures, you're cursed. I.e., if you know the scriptures, you're what? Blessed. See, they're making the scriptures equivalent to Christ. When the blessing comes in knowing Christ, not just the scriptures, a man can know the scriptures and not know Christ, and he or she, and they are still cursed. It's great to have you along as we begin our Wednesday edition of Boy of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Today we're going to return to Jesse's series in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit is at the center of the activities that we read about here. And one of the ways to make the power of the Holy Spirit a part of our lives is to understand the basics of who He is, where He comes from, and what He's doing. So let's catch up with Pastor Jesse for the answer to those questions in today's broadcast, A Boy of Grace. You need to know that when you get older, you end up giving your brain over to so much folly and fodder that there's very little room for the Word of God. This is part of our struggle as grown folk. All I need is one witness. So don't pretend that I'm being abusive because I'm taking my children and teaching them to think scripture. No, I'm teaching them the word of God because the Bible says teach it to them. And I'm amazed that they, that they could remember the scriptures. I go to work all day long, come home half tired, and they start put tugging on me. Daddy, daddy, you know what time it is. Okay. Time to read the scriptures, time to meditate, time to recite Bible verses. And they're reciting them accurately because they got it from me. And I'm going, man, look at how much these children can absorb biblical truth. By the way, you need to do that with your kids. Because they, when they reach a certain age and they get involved in other academic disciplines and uh, social disciplines, they're not going to have the time to study the word of God. Are you hearing me? It will already have been in them and they will have to wrestle with the witness of scripture given to them by memorization because of the obedience of parents who raised them up in the word of God. Every now and then my kids will gather together with me and my wife on our uh, on days we're celebrating and talk about how I tortured them with uh, with Bible verse memorization. Oh, do you remember dad keeping us up till 11 o'clock at night? memorizing Bible verses. I say, yeah, but aren't you saved now? Yeah, but still, you know. <laughs> it's attention, isn't it? What I'm saying is the attention. I, I shared that with you so that you wouldn't go out of here saying, Pastor Jesse has a low view of scripture. Nothing could be further from the truth. You can't listen to me teach and preach and say that I have a low view of the scriptures. What I don't have is a wrong view of the scriptures. I understand that the scriptures lead me to a person. 
And that's where the life is. Are you guys following me? So the, the objective for studying and learning is that it might lead us to Christ. Search the scriptures, which is what you're doing, but in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify me. By the way, let me say something about that second clause again in, in uh, the Hebrew culture, in the Jewish culture. If you go back and read Jewish writings, if you read uh, the Halakha or the Haggadah, if you read the Jewish writings, if you read their midrashes, if you read their expositions, you know what they laud? The law of God. They laud the word. You know, everywhere they give interpretations to the scriptures where we say this is pointing to Christ. You know what they say? This is pointing to the law of God or it's pointing to Israel. They're blinded by the letter, which is what Paul said, kills. It's the letter kills. It's the spirit that gives life. And without the spirit taking the letter and pointing us to Christ, who is the life, we're stuck in the letter. And when you go to read their interpretations, you go, "Uh, uh-uh, they missed it. They totally miss Christ. Here's the reason why. Because in the letter, they thought they had life. Am I making some sense? Last line. And they are they which testify of me. That's the key to biblical interpretation, which the evangelical church still misses today. The plumb line that must be dropped every time you listen to a preacher. The plumb line that must be dropped is this. Is he, did he preach Christ? If you don't drop that plumb line, you don't know what true worship is about. Are you guys hearing me? That's the objective for all true worship and exaltation of the son that the father might be glorified through him by the spirit of God in the life of God's people. If you don't ask the question, did they preach Christ? You're missing the whole point. So let's go back to our text. I'm sorry. Verse 40. Verse 40. Listen to what Jesus said. And you will not come to me. Do you see that? That you might have what? Oh, what an indictment. Watch this. They came to the scriptures. They read the scriptures. They embraced the scriptures. They protected the scriptures. They preserved the scriptures. But because of a flawed understanding of the aim of scripture, they rejected Christ. You will not come to me that you might have life. Verse 41. I receive not honor from men. Verse 42. But I know you. Oh, that you have not the love of God in you. That's amazing. Because see, the Jewish people would equate their fervor and passion for the scriptures as equal to loving God. Got that? The Jewish people would have equated their fervor and passion for the scriptures as equal as loving God. In John chapter 7, when the Pharisees were arguing about whether or not Jesus was Messiah, Nicodemus came to them and said, doth not our law say that we are not to judge a man before we hear him out? And they said, are you one of his disciples? These people who do not know the law are cursed. Do you guys remember that? These, no, you don't. 
You don't remember. Go back there. You might as well get his news. John chapter 7. See it for yourself. Now, I want you to see the point that Jesus is making as he explains the difference between a proper understanding of the purpose of the law and that which the Jewish people had. Listen to what they say over in verse 47. Verse 46. I'm sorry, verse 40. Then answered the Pharisees, are you also deceived? Because they had come to the uh, soldiers and told the soldiers to take Jesus. And the soldiers said, man, how can we take this man? Have you heard him preach? Verse 48. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? Now here's the litmus test of orthodoxy, whether the Pharisees believed on him, right? You guys got that? Listen to what it goes on to say. But this people, this people who know not the law are what? So now what the Pharisees say is, if you don't know the scriptures, you're cursed. I.e., if you know the scriptures, you're what? Blast. See, they're making the scriptures equivalent to Christ. When the blessing comes in knowing Christ, not just the scriptures. A man can know the scriptures and not know Christ. And he or she and they are still cursed. Is that true? See, our curse is not removed by how much scripture we know. Our curse is removed by us knowing Christ who bore the curse for us. Are you guys following me? So at this present time, I'm exercising your senses around a proper perspective on the scriptures. And it's critical, isn't it? Listen to what they say. This people not knowing the law. Nicodemus said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he does? And they answered and said unto him, art thou thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee arises no what? Were they telling the truth? No. Now this is what we call a radically flawed assumption on the part of the present authority that was in Israel. They were talking like they knew the scriptures. They were talking like they had a proper understanding of the word of God. And they were so confident that the Galileans, now you guys, we already learned about the Galileans. They were the very ones that God chose to break open the whole New Testament ministry in Acts chapter 2, right? But in the eyes of these Pharisees who were stewards of the law, the Galileans were cursed people. My, how radically different the perspective of the legalists were from God. You see the difference? See, Jesus stood between God and false religion to let false religion know the only way to God was through him and not merely through the book. This is the tension that's going all the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You got the scriptures, but that's not enough. You need to have the author of the scriptures. Go back to our text. We got five more minutes. So as Peter indicts them for what was a litany of evidence against them, over against the clear testimony of Messiah, of which we've been talking now for the last 20, 30 minutes. They had rejected the truth. They had embraced falsehood. And they had killed the prince. Killing the prince. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 7 and 8. 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 and 16. We've quoted these verses many times. For had they known, they would not have killed the prince of glory. 
Have they known what? Have they known the mysteries of God? Have they understood the Old Testament in a proper way? Had God revealed to them in the Old Testament how Messiah would function, how he would operate, what his true methodology would be? By the way, as we get ready to deal with this fourth point, I will say this. A a proper perspective on the ministry of Christ when he came here was this. There were some people who saw him for who he was and the others missed him. You guys hear what I'm saying? There were, in other words, as we think about how Israel almost wholesale rejected Christ because they were blinded to his glory. We must not fail to realize that there were a handful of people all through Christ's ministry who saw him for who he was. Mary, his mother. Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, the disciples, the women who followed him and a handful of other people whom God opened their eyes to see Jesus for who he was. By the way, going back to his birth, Simeon, the high priest, Hannah, the prophetess, and many others who were waiting for the consolation of Israel saw Messiah for who he was. The people that did not see him for who he was were blinded by the presuppositions and erroneous teachings of the Pharisees. And they were blinded by the consensus of the culture. And they were hindered from commitment to Christ because they were afraid of the consequences. The miracles that he did, they all had the rule. Messiah will do these kind of miracles. Remember the argument? Will there be another come along who does the miracles that this man has done? Remember, that was the controversy among the people. Who's going to do more miracles than this? Is this not the Christ? What I'm saying is this. As we go through the book of Acts, the, the, the judgment is in. There were those who believed on him. Only it wasn't the upper echelon. It was a handful of the common folk whom he in his sovereign mercy gave a revelation of the truth of Christ to them. By the way, that's how it is for us today. Please listen carefully to this. The only reason you see Jesus for who he is, is because God has revealed him to you. You don't see Jesus because you are smarter or brighter than anyone else. You don't comprehend him in his glory. You don't see him in the uniqueness of his deity. You don't understand him in the fullness and efficacy of his work. Except the spirit of God has chosen to cause the light to shine out of darkness and shine in your heart to give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Stay with me on this point for a moment because I want to make sure you get this because I think sometimes we fail to understand this rich commodity even among us who are Christians who have a real sound theological environment. You run across people who seem to be deaf and dumb to the truth of the gospel. It's only one thing that's different between them and you, and that's grace. Do you understand that? It's only one thing that's different between you and them, and that's the grace of God. It's only grace that removed that veil so you saw Jesus Christ in his beauty and his glory. Only grace. Only grace. And it wasn't accidental grace. It was sovereign grace. He chose you for that, which is designed to keep us humble and thankful, but also confident and bold to let men and women know that salvation is of the Lord. This is why we're this is why we are jealous of the gospel here. 
This is why we don't play with false religion here. This is why we don't compromise here because we understand the privilege of God opening our eyes to the truth. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? The privilege. Uh, listen, if, if you've ever been anywhere around the world, it is a small commodity of people who see Christ in the truth. Most people are blinded by their religious affiliations and do not see him in the beauty and fullness and efficacy of his messiahship, as the scriptures say. You can go anywhere and you will find only a small handful of people, if that, who are interested in our Savior like you are. Are you hearing me? This is so very important for you to know. So very important for you to know. Most people miss him, just as Israel did. Let's go to our last point. I want to close out here. Acts chapter 3. There's two points here, but I want to close out. I'm, a, I'm just going to run through these briefly because they're very observable. And they're glorious too, but they're very observable. So when Peter gives the indictment against them, and he says in verse 15, And you killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. See, what are they witnesses to? The bodily resurrection of Christ, right? See, they have to reinforce that. Because that's the capstone and foundation for the New Testament church. It's the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Christ. Paul made it very clear in his lengthy syllogism in 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ did not rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. By the way, do you believe that? You know what amazes me? And I've been studying religion for a long time. The hypocrisy in the evangelical church, pretending to actually believe the Bible and yet deny these cardinal truths. When you meet with the upper echelon, I'm talking about these folks who are rushing to get their PhDs in theology, their, their masters of divinity and, and, and other uh, uh, accomplishments in, in, in religion. Watch this. The vast majority of them do not believe these here assertions. They don't see the radical implication of a denial of the actual bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ to their own faith. They are willing to, in a kind of blinded philosophy, to embrace the idea that we can take up Christianity as kind of a, a religious sort of panacea and we can use all of the biblical terminology and yet not actually believe that Christ rose from the dead bodily. We don't believe in that stuff. There's no empirical evidence that that ever happened. See, these are the blinded people that basically lead our churches today. I'm here to tell you. So now, when I hear one of these theologians and scholars say, well, you know, it's debatable that he actually rose again from the dead. I know that I'm dealing with an ignorant person. Ignorant. And he's just, he's not only ignorant of theology which re requires the power of the Spirit of God to, to, to bring you into the realm of those realities. He's ignorant of basic logic. And he's telling me to be a fool just because he has a degree. It makes no sense for you to occupy an office of, 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 of uh, theology and you don't believe the source of our theology it makes no sense other than the fact that you want to continue to hoodwink people in the hypocrisy of playing church when in fact you do not believe in the cardinal doctrines that make up the church. 
And now you have created scandal because you have now utterly disregarded all the people who have suffered for the testimony of Christ throughout church history up to this point. Died for the gospel. Watch this, ladies and gentlemen. And still dying for the gospel all around the world. And you're going to sit up in your pompous, arrogant assumption because you've been learned. You've studied comparative religion and you've studied this and studied that. And you've concluded that this can't be true. You fool. You fool. We must understand how critical the bodily resurrection is to the whole testimony of Scripture. For the moment you deny one part of it, you must necessarily deny the whole thing. You must deny the whole thing. This is why liberal progressive theology ultimately leads to atheism. We know that. It's just a matter of time before you abandon the exclusivity of the gospel, embrace ecumenism. Now you got all kind of wild religions that you are in cahoots with because you don't believe anything. Am I telling the truth? Because you don't believe anything. Now you got to embrace everything when you don't believe anything. It's very important for us to understand the, the gospel and these critical claims. So here's the promise that Peter makes. I'm going to run through these quick and then we'll take it up next week. Here's the glorious promises of the gospel. Here's what Peter says. You killed him. God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses. We have 40 days with him. He ate with us. He drank with us. 40 days incontrovertible evidence. We know we weren't fools. And by the way, he did it with 500 brethren. That'll work in any court. You guys got that? That'll work in any courtroom in the world. Then he goes on to say, and this man was healed through his name. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Break verse 16 down is faith in Christ's name. It's faith by Christ because faith comes from him that God decided to use to bring this man to a completely physically whole and sound state of being. Peter attributes that to Christ. And now, brethren, I know that's what the word what means. I know that through ignorance you did it. Do you see that? As did also your rulers. But those things which God had showed by the mouth of all of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. What I'm going to do is stop right here. I'm already compelled to do that because what I want to come back and do next week is talk about the blessed, blessed, blessed gift of ignorance. Okay? Now, I, I, knew, I, know, I know you thought ignorance was a curse. But I'm just going to say this in close. There are certain kinds of ignorances. Are you listening to me? That are uniquely gifts of God to his elect. I want you to hear me now. There are certain ignorances that God, before the world began, reserved for his knucklehead sheep 
Are you hearing me? By which in their conscience. They can honestly say, are you ready? I did not know. It is a blessed gift of stopping us short of eternal damnation based upon certain knowledge of which if we had it, when we acted in rebellion against God, it would have forfeited our capacity to have received the blessed, blessed, blessed gift of forgiveness. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. I don't care what they might say. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.